thanks for joining us for another MEM podcast. We've got Dr. Nicola Cooper here, and she's going to talk to us today about seizures. Hi, thanks very much. So one thing to say about seizures is that when I was a medical registrar, I thought I knew about seizures because after all, I've been seeing seizures, you know, every time I was on call. And then I got a job as an epilepsy registrar for one year. And then I realised I didn't know anything about seizures at all. (laughs) So hopefully in the next 10 minutes or so, we can distill some of the things that I learned along the way. One of the ways to think about seizures is, is I have this nice little decision tree in my head. So let's just start with seizures at the top. Anyone can have a seizure in the right circumstances. You can have a seizure because you're ill. You can have a seizure because it's provoked by medications or alcohol. Or you can have a seizure because it's part of epilepsy. And epilepsy is the tendency to have unprovoked seizures, recurring seizures. So I won't go through, you know, illnesses like brain infections, metabolic things that can cause seizures. With things that can provoke seizures, just remember the commonly prescribed medications, things like tramadol, antihistamines, antidepressants, antipsychotics, ciprofloxacin, all these kind of things. And then obviously alcohol, just regular excess drinking or a binge, not just alcohol withdrawal, they can provoke seizures as well. But what we really want to talk about today is, is epilepsy. There are actually over 200 different types of epilepsy that have been described, but we won't cover those. There are two main types of epilepsy. The first is called idiopathic generalised epilepsy. What that means is we don't know the cause, and these are young people with normal brains. So there's no structural brain lesion. So just think for a moment, what kind of seizures would those people have? They will have absences, they will have tonic-clonic seizures, and in some types of generalised idiopathic epilepsy, they have myoclonic jerks. There's something called juvenile myoclonic epilepsy, which is one of the most common forms of idiopathic generalised epilepsy. The next type of epilepsy is, it's not idiopathic generalised, it's symptomatic and localised. So what does that mean? It means these are people with a structural brain abnormality. Sometimes we can't find it, so we call it cryptogenic, localised epilepsy. But basically these people, either because of the description of their seizures, which by the way is called the semiology, or from an EEG or a brain scan, we know there's a focal abnormality which then can generalise. So what kind of seizures will these people have? Think about that for a minute. They're going to have focal seizures, Okay, so we call these partial seizures. And they could have tonic-clonic seizures as well. Partial seizures can be anything, because this lesion could be anywhere in the brain, right? Weird smell, weird sensation, weird visual disturbance, feeling of impending doom, feeling that a bit of glass has come between you and the room, out-of-body experiences, as well as jerking movements of a limb or twitching of the face. So literally, if it's weird, and it's recurrent and it's stereotyped, always think epilepsy in a nutshell. Now, a lot of junior doctors confuse absences and partial seizures. And I'll just explain. If you see a patient, if you're clerking in a patient who's 50 years old and they're having episodes of staring into space, which they've never had before, they're not absences. Because I've just told you that absences are a form of idiopathic generalised epilepsy, which is what you get as a young person, so from childhood or teens. So someone who starts later in life having stirring episodes, 
is not having absences, they're having partial seizures. Absences, by the way, are really small, few seconds, you don't even notice them. Bit of eyelid flickering. Partial seizures are very noticeable, they, they last longer, can be several minutes. So what we've just covered there is that anyone can have a seizure if the circumstances are right, but epilepsy is a tendency to have recurring unprovoked seizures, and there are two main types of epilepsy. Idiopathic generalised epilepsy, young people with normal brains, and symptomatic focal epilepsy, which is people who have a structural brain abnormality. Now then, what age do you think is the most common time of life to start with epilepsy in the UK? The answer is in your 80s and your 90s. That is the peak incidence of epilepsy in the UK due to dementia. So up to 20% of patients with advanced dementia develop epilepsy, cerebrovascular disease, previous brain injuries. So imagine how epilepsy will present in an older person. Most older people live alone. For some reason, their tonic-clonic seizures are in bed at night. And of course, they're going to present with focal seizures, which are often mistaken for TIAs, because let's imagine you've got an elderly person in a care home. They come in with an unresponsive episode. The eyewitness talks about how they were at lunch when they suddenly seem to go all glazed and stare into space. They seem to slump a bit in their chair to one side and as they came round they couldn't speak properly. You might then discover that A they've got a history of dementia or B they've had an old stroke which affected their speech. Now this often gets mislabeled as a TIA but remember a TIA is a loss, it's a sudden loss of focal neurology with no altered consciousness or altered awareness. So straight away that's not a TIA and the staring into space and the coming round with a speech disturbance, which is like a Todd's paresis, and being maybe a bit confused afterwards. So you've got to think about epilepsy in this age group. Right, so let's talk about the first seizure. So that's a common presentation. First of all, please never say first fit or first seizure. Always say what you actually mean, which is the first tonic-clonic seizure. That's what we usually mean. Because in one study, about half of all patients admitted with a first fit, it wasn't their first fit, the doctors just didn't ask about other seizure types. And so they missed epilepsy. So when the person comes to hospital with a first fit, in inverted commas, what you really mean is a first tonic-clonic seizure. Please write first tonic-clonic seizure because you need to ask about other seizures. So patient comes to hospital with a first tonic-clonic seizure. This is how to do a really amazing assessment. There are four questions. If you ask these four questions, I will think you are awesome. The first question is, was this in fact a seizure? Okay, don't forget that myoclonic jerks with syncope, really common. I don't know if you, you can Google German medical students fainting. Just watch that video. So in vasovagal syncope, you can have a quite a range of abnormal movements. It's not a seizure. So you've got to talk to an eyewitness. You've got to ask about other collapses they may have had to get more clues. And you've got to really satisfy yourself that this is a seizure and not a syncope taking everything into account. Let's imagine it was a seizure based on the eyewitness account. Don't ever diagnose a seizure just on the basis of what the patient says. Remember, they weren't there. They were unconscious at the time. So the second question, if it is a seizure, is were there any obvious provoking factors? So careful medication history, including over-the-counter and illegal drugs and alcohol history, and perhaps any medicines they've just stopped, like benzodiazepines or, or maybe alcohol withdrawal. 
in the epilepsy clinic, you know, I remember seeing a man who he just been put on the trade name is Zyban, you know, the chewing gum to stop smoking. That actually comes with a warning telling you it can cause seizures. He'd had a provoked seizure. Another patient we saw, he'd been put on all at once an antihistamine, tramadol and venlafaxine for depression because of his back pain. And guess what? He had a seizure. All of those medicines lower the seizure threshold. Okay, so the second question is, is there any obvious provoking factors? The third question is, is there evidence of unrecognized epilepsy? So you've got to ask all patients about any other small funny turns they may have had. Ask all ages, have you had any other funny turns, sensations, abnormal jerking movements, staring into space, glazed episodes, you know, weirdness. Have you had anything weird? Little, little attacks. And honestly, in around half the cases, you'll get a history like, oh yeah, funny you should mention it, but I have these do's where um, I can't speak properly. And uh, yeah, my wife says I'm staring into space. I just thought it was stress. Or they'll say, funny you should mention it, but I, um, I sometimes feel that a piece of cloudy glass has come between me and the rest of the room. And I, and I sort of want to speak, but I can't. And I can hear everything, but I just can't move. And, I, and, and then sometimes I seem to rise out of my body and I'm look, looking down on myself. And, you know, I thought I was going crazy. These are typical partial seizure reports from patients. So you must always ask about any other funny terms. And if the patient's a young patient, ask about myoclonic jerks. They're the things we do when we're all falling asleep in bed at night, you know, that sudden jerking of one side of the body. So myoclonic jerks are not normal when you're awake. And in juvenile myoclonic epilepsy, patients may experience, you know, their, their right arm or their head just jerking, particularly in the morning, particularly when they're tired, particularly when they're stressed. And by the way, juvenile myoclonic epilepsy, JME, which is, as I say, one of the common types of idiopathic generalized epilepsy. It's really sensitive to lifestyle, stress and alcohol. So very often when people go to university, <laughs> they start drinking, staying up late and having stress is often when they get their first tonic-clonic seizures. And they can also have myoclonic seizures, which is a cluster of myoclonic jerks causing them to fall down. They don't appear to lose consciousness, so that might confuse a novice who's never come across this before. Anyway, back to question number four. Question number four is, what's your job? Do you drive? So to recap the four key questions, was this in fact a seizure? If it was a seizure, were there any obvious provoking factors? Question number three, is there evidence of unrecognized epilepsy? And number four, what's your job and do you drive? We did an audit once where only 30% of patients were given driving advice. Don't forget, after any seizure, whether it's a myoclonic jerk or an absence or a partial seizure, any seizure, you may not drive for six months. That's the law. So I say to patients, you may not drive by law in case they think it's the doctor's advice that I'm giving. Now, I'll just mention one other thing, which is a little bit about treatment. And I won't talk about treatment because the NICE guideline is very clear that treatment should be started or an assessment should be made by a doctor with training and expertise in epilepsy. We wouldn't expect any junior doctor to start treatment. But I'll just mention one, one misunderstanding that, that I come across. There's a common misunderstanding that you don't treat after a first fit. That's actually incorrect. If a patient has had a first tonic-clonic seizure, but they've got a normal MRI, a normal EEG, so actually their risk of recurrence is, is quite low, there was no provoking factors found, blah, blah, blah. Their risk of uh, another seizure in, in the first 
six to 12 months following that is about 30%. And we may not offer treatment to those patients. But there are a lot of other patients who come with a first fit that we would treat. So if you've had a stroke or you've got a structural brain abnormality because say you've got a tumor or you had surgery on your brain and you come with a seizure, your risk of recurrent seizures is actually very high. So for example, an elderly person with cerebrovascular disease or dementia who comes with a seizure, I will start them on treatment after their first, in inverted commas, seizure because the risk of recurrence is high. And sometimes you also need to take into account the patient's job, their preferences and so on when deciding about treatment. And how we decide on treatment is the type of epilepsy the patient has and the type of person that the patient is. And that's why it needs an expert because some drugs work for certain seizure types and not others. And also some drugs are not recommended in certain types of patients, frail elderly, women of childbearing age, etc., etc. So we'll just leave it at that. So that is epilepsy in a nutshell. Thank you very much.